Good morning, guys. Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday, Palm Sunday. Um, let me see. I'm still trying to find my feel up here. Palm Sunday. So if you look up, we have announcements going up there. Um, right, we do have announcements going up there. <laughs> um, a couple things that we don't have up there. Actually, we do have this one. We have Jeremiah D'Souza. Have any of y'all ever heard of Jeremiah yeah. D'Souza? No? Ooh. <laughs> yes. Um, he is from Bethel. I believe he's completed a couple of years of Bethel School, and he's just going to come down and share with us Friday, which is Good Friday, uh, April 2nd at 7, so be here or miss out. <laughs> um, April 18th, we have Joel Powers. Anybody familiar with Joel Powers? Yes. Uh, Joel Powers, he... Actually, I don't know what he does, actually. <laughs> the truth is, um, I think he does, he arranges, um, when a lot of the Bethel students come and they share here, he kind of arranges some of that. So he's going to be with us. I could be wrong, though. He's going to be with us here April 18th. And also, something that you guys have been asking for, and that's Chris's bad because he hasn't given me a date, um, is baby dedications or baptisms. So... If anybody wants to dedicate their baby or be baptized, please come and see me. That's going to be April 25th. I feel like there's like a lot of dead air. <laughs> um, so yeah, baby dedications or baptisms. Um, also, you want to share? <laughs> we got this painting that this awesome couple painted together. If you guys don't know Sarah and Roger, get to know them. You will be a better person for it. So Roger's going to share with us real quick about this awesome painting. All right. So if you weren't here last week, uh, my wife began to just paint this amazing picture of just what she felt was a visual of us as a body in unity, worshiping the Father. But in that unity, we were being, um, we were all in that worship time with the Father that we we're being transformed into our identity. Like, it was clicking for every one of us. And so this morning, I'm like, okay, Father, how do I top that off? Because my wife's pretty amazing. Um, <clears throat> so <laughs> what I was really feeling, and it's, it's just really been not just from today, but just over the past week or so, is that what the, what the Father was showing me was that transformation really begins in the mind and so what he had me paint and you can't really tell but it's the it's a heart and the mind together because if you can get get it right here then your heart will begin to come alive and believe it and so um so that's what this kind of is right here this picture is and it's red and and it started out red and white because when you begin to, to really step into that, it, you have to recognize what was already done for you already. And it was the, the purification and who we are uh, after Jesus, right? And, um, and so really receiving that. And so I just felt like I needed to throw gold everywhere because the gold is it's the transformation. The gold is the transformation in our mind. It's the mind, in our hearts. And so... Um, I just really felt that we we're coming alive into our identity through that. So um, that's pretty much it, you know. And then just one side note of that is Chris said something to me last week, and it was sometimes you got to tell yourself until you believe it. You got to speak it into your into existence, into yourself that. I am free, or whatever the case is, that I am no longer have to carry shame or guilt or whatever it is until you you fully really receive that in your heart and your mind, and so I, that transformation begins there, if, and I think that's the biggest uh, take from this painting. Is it begins in your mind.
That's so true because it doesn't matter what anybody else believes. You're the one that needs to believe it, right? You need to believe who you are, who God created you to be. That's awesome. And also, are you ready to share by any chance today, Miss Miss White? Were you going to share about your thing? My bad. Um, so Zoe, again, you don't know Zoe. Get to know her. You'll be a better person also. Um, just because of what she does, what she brings, and just who she is. If you want to be organized, this is your girl. She is <laughs> organized. Um, she's going to share about, what was that, uh, ministering with Elijah Rising, is that right? Oh, okay, yeah. Yes, Okay. what, what it was you were going to show. That's our bad, we didn't communicate. That's not Zoe, that's, <laughs> actually that's Chris. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you need to tell me what you want me yes. to do. Yes, <laughs> okay, Zoe's going to share with us. All right, thank you. Um, all right, so um, let's see. It was a couple of weekends ago that we were able to go out to the streets and minister to the women with Eliza Rising, and some of y'all heard that we were going out there. And a lot of y'all really helped us. So thank you, thank you, thank you for contributing um, to all the beautiful gifts from chapstick to um, just love notes for the ladies. It was amazing. So we were able to put all those bags together. Um, we were able to do 100 all together, um, so yay, but we have plenty for the times that we want to go. We want to go every month um, is our heart, um, but we were able to go. There wasn't as many ladies um, as normal, and there is kids involved, so I won't go too much in detail why there wasn't, um, but the ones that were there, we got to pray with them and love on them, and it was absolutely beautiful um, just to see their face. Um, to just, you can see their eyes just light up where you just give them attention just one-on-one. Um, so we're excited that um, Healing Center of the Arts is able to partner with other ministries. And that's the thing. It's not about names and who, who's who or whatever, but it's all partnering with the Father's heart and let's, let's plow the field together. Um, so yeah, we were able to have our, our worship team out there, the dancers, and so many other um, um, Churches were involved, so it was just, it was a beautiful thing of the body of the crisis coming together. So thank you for contributing. Um, and then can I talk about workshops too? Okay, so April the 10th, we have our workshops that are going to be here. So if you've ever thought about it, maybe someone interested, come see me or Rebecca. We can tell you more information about it, but we're going to have um, Freedom to Dance with Rebecca. Her workshop will be here April the 10th um, at 9 o'clock. Um, I'll be having my Art Sozo class, so it's just painting with God and having fun hearing from him. It's really awesome. And then Leandro will be having his um, Songs of Heaven, which also is through music. You don't have to have any experience in any three of these. It's just coming with open heart to hear from dad. And that's all it's about. So April the 10th, come see one of us and we'll give you more information. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, Miss Zoe. So one thing I just wanted to read real quick. Um, today is Palm Sunday. Everybody knows what Palm Sunday is. I'm going to give this mic to Chris, but I just want to read this for you real quick. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage and the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and, if he, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, see your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey and on a colt, a foal of a, of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed and shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest in heaven. Yeah. Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. I just wanted to read that to you real quick. Um, today is Palm Sunday, and what, we do, what this week starts off starts is Jesus entering Jerusalem. Jesus entering the beginning of him dying on the cross for us. And I just wanted to encourage you guys to prepare your heart for what's coming, to prepare your heart for what the Lord's about to do in our lives. So here's Chris. Yeah. He's good, amen. 
So, um, our kiddos. Let's do this. Can we, can we do something a little different first off? Can we all stand for a second? If you don't mind. You don't have to. This is an ask, right? We don't tell you what to do in here except clean up your mess. If you can't stand, it's okay. So, with what she just read, what's going on, what was going on 2,000 years ago when this day started was the beginning of the change of our lives. It was the preparation. And so what she's talking about, about preparing your heart, you know, the one key thing that I always know is that God is good. Is that true? So we're fixing to let our kids run out of here, and, and, and they've got an amazing class today. They're going to learn some stuff. But before we do that, can we just take a second? Can we think about the goodness of God? Can we think about that? If you want to close your eyes, I'm going to close my eyes. I want to, I want to personally, I just want to lift my hand to you, Father. And right here, can we just tell him how good he is for a minute? You're so good, Father. Y'all know that we sang all these awesome songs, and, but Lord, you're good. Right now, Father, you are good. You are good. You are good. Father, we allow your goodness to move in this place today. We allow your goodness to push against anything that's not. <laughs> we allow your goodness to push in our life and your light to bring life because of your goodness. You are good. You are good, Father. Can you tell him that with me this morning? You are good, Father. You are good, God. We give you glory, God. You're good. We thank you. You are good. You are good. You are good. You are good. He's good. Amen? How many of you has he been good in your life? Times ten? Woo! Times a thousand? Yeah? He's good. Yeah. Did you feel that shift right there? <laughs> He's good. His goodness comes in, and everything's got to change. All right. Miss Lydia, are you ready? Well, yeah, but are you going to be back there? Yeah, I mean, I, I know what's going on. Look at this, man. We all know she's doing the class. She's got all the credit. Come on. I'm just playing. All right, kiddos, have at it. And y'all be on your best, man, because y'all are going to learn some amazing things today. I'm so excited. Um, Woo, he's good. I like that. Yeah. Uh, turn with me, if you would, to the book of Psalms, chapter 62. And uh, to everybody online already, welcome. Be blessed. And uh, yeah, thank you all for, you know, joining us today. I'm a little ugly, a little gloomy today, but... Not, not, in, not in here, right? Not in our hearts? Yeah? It's good stuff. Um, yeah, just, just to kind of clarify, um, uh, or, or I guess not to clarify, I'm sorry. Raquel did a great job. She did a good job, amen? Yeah? Um, the, the Jeremiah that's coming this Friday night, it is Good Friday and look, don't feel pressure. If you can't come, you can't come. It's, it, I know there's different stuff that goes on, but um, uh, Jeremiah, he's, um, he's highly prophetic and just he, he, where we were talking, he's a friend of ours, uh, just an amazing young man. Um, and um, I believe he's got a word specifically for our church. And the last time that he was here, it was just, it was pretty radical. Um, and so I really encourage you, seven o'clock, we'll do uh, just a little bit of worship, and then and then just see what what uh, what Dad wants to do. But um, this morning, it's it is Palm Sunday, and uh, for me, uh, I I I just kept coming back to what does that really mean? What what is it? You know, what does this really look like? And really, for me, Palm Sunday was just what Raquel mentioned. It's the journey. It's the beginning of of what was coming, and that was for you and I. And so this morning. Um, we're going to just look at a couple of passages um, and kind of kind of recap on a couple of things 
that I felt like needed to be pointed out this morning. Um, and I'm going to jump around between New American Standard and, uh, and the Passion, or the Passion Translation. Sorry, I'm trying to get rid of my, my uh, what do you call that thing, my, my, my deep uh, East Texas twang, you know, and everything, right? Y'all, know, y'all don't notice that on me? I've been what? Yeah, <laughs> I've been watching the YouTubes, and I'm like, oh my god. Yeah. Anyway, it's funny when we go back to East Texas, where all my family's at. I can just talk on the phone with some of them, and all of a sudden, I start changing. <laughs> and Raquel makes so much fun of me. Man, she just tears it up because uh, it's funny. Anyway, Psalm 62. Are you there? Yes. All right. Cool. So. This is, uh, this is a psalm that David wrote, um, and in verse 1 he says, I stand silently to listen for the one I love. You know, when you're in love, you listen, right? Is that true? And, and like, you, you, like, like you, you wait to hear, right? I do, Raquel, I really do. He says, I stand silently to listen for the one I love, waiting as long as it takes for the Lord to rescue me. For God alone has become my Savior. We're, we're entering this week, which is the setup for the passion, um, where Jesus went to the cross for you and I, yeah? And nothing is more appropriate uh, than that line right there, for God alone has become my Savior. There's so much that happened at the cross. There's so much that, that went down, right? So much um, that was set up and then took place. And the cross was the beginning of our everlasting. Does that make sense? The cross was the beginning of our everlasting. And so um, God alone has become my Savior. And David's he's just writing this beautiful song about it. Verse 2, he says, He alone is my safe place and his wraparound presence always protects me. For he is my champion defender. There's no risk of failure with God. So why would I let worry paralyze me even when troubles multiply around me? Now, um, in, in the New American Standard, uh, you may have heard this before. But verse 1 and 2 is a little bit different, or not really different, it's just um, not as detailed. He says, my soul waits in silence for God alone, and from him comes my salvation. And verse 2 says, he alone is my rock and my salvation, my stronghold, and I will not be greatly shaken. Um, man, he's so much, amen? He, in, I love this verse 2 where it says, he alone is my safe place. And his wraparound presence always protects me. For he is my champion defender. There is no risk of failure with God. So why would I let worry paralyze me even when troubles multiply around me? So there's a couple of things that might throw some people off a little bit about this verse where he says there's, there's no failure uh, with God, and this is Old Testament. This is before the blood of Christ and all of that. Um, you know, I don't have time to go into it today, but God has always been about redemption, and uh, it's all the way from the very first mistake, the very first miss, when Adam and Eve missed the target. When that happened, God had redemption, and it's all through the Old Testament. Uh, even Cain, who uh, our good friend Dub Alexander just blows your mind with uh, with that whole um, story and example of of God's redemption. But the point is, is that God has always been uh, a champion and a defender, and there is no risk of failure with Him. Um, one thing that we've been pushing really hard here lately is about identity. And, and who you and I are in Christ, right? That's what the Word says, right? That we are new creatures in Christ, amen? And the beautiful thing is, it's not that, um, 
It's not that He actually made you into something new. It's that you actually stepped into who you always were. You, you step into the place of identity, the place. When you come to the knowledge that Christ is my Savior, God died for me on the cross, however you worded that, uh, you know, us old school people are, did you get saved? Did you get born again? Shondai? No. Uh, it, it's really all about coming with the other scripture that, that I believe Peter wrote about the saving knowledge of Christ. And, and when that happens, it's not that, that God says, oh, now I can actually make you, make you who you're supposed to be. No, now you actually become who you always were because he created you and I from the foundations of the world. Yes? From before he ever said, let there be light, he sat down and he created you and I. And you and I are simply stepping into who we were always meant to be. Um, he, is, he alone is my safe place and his wraparound presence always protects me. For he is my champion defender. There's no risk of failure. So why would I let worry paralyze me when troubles multiply around me? Part of the benefit of Christ dying in our place and us finally stepping into who we're meant to be, part of that is the kingdom came to this earth. Is that accurate? Christ came and he gave the keys back. He snatched them, right? I love that. He, he just, he reached in and snatched them. And so the kingdom of God was opened up to mankind. If, and that's another whole um, vein that we, we absolutely love here. We're not a church culture place. We are a kingdom culture place. We are about the kingdom of God, right? And so what's beautiful is that the kingdom came and Jesus released the kingdom here and then gave authority and power to you and I to continue to release the kingdom, right? We're not meant to build the church. We're meant to release kingdom. And that's the benefits of the cross. And so think about that this week as we approach uh, Happy Easter's, right? As my grandmother says, Happy Easter's. There's more than one. <laughs> when you come from East Texas, there's more than one Easter. I don't know if you knew that. Um, another benefit of, of the cross and of what Christ gave us, another benefit of being a son or a daughter. Look at the last part of verse 2. So why would I let worry paralyze me even when troubles multiply around me? Have you ever felt like troubles are multiplying around you? I did, just this week. <laughs> I had one of them weeks. I, I, I wanted to use a, a term that my good friend Ryan over there uses. I wanted to launch somebody. <laughs> Yeah, um, it was a really rough week, and there were troubles all around from all different sides, the business side, right? Raquel and I own our own company where we had issues there. We had family stuff. We had church stuff, right? We had uh, financial stuff with the bank, and we got the new house going up, and it's just crazy. It's just all this troubles coming everywhere, and so... This word that he writes here, so why would I let worry paralyze me even when troubles multiply around me? All of us have been there in a place where it just looks bad. Is that true? You've been in a bad place, right? You ever been in one where you feel like, man, I can't take another hit, right? Or you feel that weight on your shoulder and another thing, another thing. So... David writes this profound truth that why would I let it bother me or let worthy come even when troubles multiply around me? Because his wraparound presence is all around me. And so I believe the thing for me this week is I had to step back and say, okay, I know that his presence is here. I know who I am, but there's all these troubles. What do I do? Because you know when you're in that place, you still feel that you ever felt the adrenaline, right? Or you ever felt the, you ever had your stomach turning because of either nervousness or the problems? Am I the only one? Or, yeah, yeah. So, so it's in those moments that 
like we know his presence is with us, but something's not correlating when we're going through that physically on some stuff, right? I wonder what uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego thought when they got thrown in the fire. When they got thrown in that furnace, I bet they weren't just sweating from the heat. <laughs> I bet they were sweating from, I, I don't know, but, but, look at, but look at this. His wraparound presence is able to stop fire from burning you even though you're in it. And even though the fire burned up the people that threw them in, his wraparound presence was still able to protect them. I don't want to get thrown in a fire. Or how about a lion's pit, right, with Daniel? I, I don't really want to do that. Um, on Instagram, I, there's a guy I follow that does all these wild animals. And yesterday I showed Raquel this, this thing popped up. And this dude is walking next to a tiger that's, like, he's like a standard-sized guy. I don't know. He's like, I don't know, not, not six foot tall. And this tiger is like this, this is massive thing next to him. And he's like, yeah, she's the third largest uh, tiger in the world that we know of right now. And he's just walking along. And I'm like, mm-mm-mm. No, not today. <laughs> Like, I wouldn't even want to be, that one was all tame, and it's licking and loving on everybody. Mm-mm-mm, no way. So I wonder what, like, with Daniel, when he got thrown in there, and Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, when, when David stood out to fight Goliath, when Moses was at the Red Sea, and all the, the Egyptians were coming, when Jesus was being hit with that cat of nine tails, when the thief on the cross is standing there or hanging there and he knows that he's about to die and he deserves it and Jesus tells him, today you'll be with me in paradise. Like, I wonder what went through their minds. What went through their, what did their heart do? What did their body react to? What I'm getting at is we have the, full authority and capability to be in perfect peace because of his wraparound presence that always protects us because he is our champion defender and there is no risk of failure with God and lastly so why would I worry why would I let worry paralyze me even when troubles multiply around me I think for me this week, I'm trying to get my mind wrapped around not the fact that I know his presence is always there, but the fact that I need to be more aware of it. Does that make sense? I mean, when you're driving, are you pretty aware? Some of us are not. (laughs) Yeah. But I want to be aware. You know, they put a lot of videos up these days. I see this stuff every now and then, and they, it's not funny. But people will be walking, and they're on their phone, and they trip into a water fountain. Or Have y'all seen those kinds of things like that? They're just not paying attention. And I think, man, like, I don't want that to happen in my surrounding of my life. I don't want to be walking and not aware of where he is and what he's doing. And I believe what I'm reading here tells me that it's my choice to let that happen. Am I going to let worry and troubles, you know, reach in on my brain? (laughs) Or am I going to allow his presence to push back against that? That's what David wrote. He said, why would I let worry paralyze me even when troubles multiply around me? Verse 3 says, but look at at these who want me dead. Uh, David did have some people wanting to kill him, right? Uh, some of y'all can relate. Uh, but look at those who want me dead, shouting their vicious threats at me. The moment they discover my weakness, they all begin plotting to take me down. Um, do we have an enemy? Do we have an enemy that, that hates us with a passion? And is his, his MO or his job, if you want to call it that, It is to steal from you, to kill from you, and to destroy everything about you. 
Is that true? I, are, are we, we're aware that that is there, correct? Um, you know, um, I believe that it's an integral part of our life to be aware that there is someone against us. Not, not, it's not people, even though sometimes it manifests that way. <laughs> it's, it's not people. There is a spiritual force that is our enemy that is against us. And you all, you, I'm looking around here. I see you, you all know that. And I believe this verse speaks so true to that. He says, but they want us dead. They're shouting their vicious threats. In the moment they discover my weakness, they all begin to plotting to take me down. He is constantly scheming to pull us down, right? Verse 4, he goes on a little more. He says, liars, hypocrites, uh, with nothing good to say, all of their energies are spent on moving me from this exalted place. You and I live, move, and breathe in an exalted place of life. Does that make sense? You're, you're not just... I'm trying to think of how I can explain that. Sorry, I got some Spanish words going in my head. Yesterday, I went out to a, to a job site. It's one of the biggest jobs we got going on. And a lot of the guys, they know that I used to install and, and that I, and I'm not bragging here, I was extremely good. I, that's just what it was. And they know that I see certain things. And man, I'm sitting here at this job and it's, this is an important, important job. And uh, a couple of the guys there, a couple of guys on their crew were kind of new with them and didn't know me. And I'm walking around and the first question they ask is, man, where are you from? Because <laughs> I'm speaking fluent Spanish to them, and uh, they go, oh, and I said, hey, look, you know, I'm, I'm telling the, the leader of the crew, I'm telling him a couple of things on the stuff, and, and uh, one of the guys in the back, he says, man, how does he know that? You know, like, white people aren't supposed to know how to do tile, I guess, or something, I don't know, and, uh, and they were telling him, and, and one of the guys says, um, I'm trying to, I don't know uh, how to say it. And um, they said, look, he's not a, he's not just some little guy from the hills. Um, he's, that's not who he is. He, he actually did this. He, he knows all the time. And they were like, oh, okay. You're not just some nobody from nowhere. You are in an exalted place of life right now. Whether you are the president of the United States or you work at HEB or you own your own company or you're the best production crew ever, one of these two guys, uh, it doesn't matter. You live, no matter your status right here physically in this earth, you, your life is from an exalted place because you are a son or a daughter of the king. And all the enemy wants to do is to push and pull you from that place. Does that make sense? That's his whole scheme, is to push or pull you out of that place. And so he, he's talking about these things as well. Um, verse 5, he says, I am standing in absolute stillness, silent before the one I love, waiting as long as it takes for him to rescue me. Only God is my Savior, and he will not fail me. Um. I think that there's a, I think there comes a point in our life, in our, in our walk rather with Christ, our, our, our relationship, that that thought needs to go higher. It needs to go to, or more depth. Um, the, the thought that only God is my Savior and He will not fail me. We need to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God does not fail us. When He went down to the cross. The cross was the beginning of that aspect of our life for all eternity, that he'll never fail you. He never failed before, but we weren't in a position before the, before the cross to live that out. Does that make sense? And it's, I don't know, it's just, it's beautiful to me. Uh, he will not fail me. Amen. Verse 6, 
man, I love this. For he alone is my safe place. And it actually is a repeat of verse 2. Excuse me. He alone is a safe place. His wraparound presence always protects me. As my champion defender, there is no risk of failure with God. So why would I let worry paralyze me even when troubles multiply around me? I think it's pretty important that David would write it twice, right? Um, Verse 7 says, God's glory is all around me. His wraparound presence is all I need. For the Lord is my Savior, my hero, and my life-giving strength. Amen? Sometimes, um, I'm just being real with you, sometimes I don't feel like I got that strength. Like when all that pressure is coming, when all that is going on, it doesn't feel like, boom, I'm, yeah, here I am. I'm, I'm Iron Man to God or whatever. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I don't always feel that. And so David is obviously, obviously writing all this. We know from his story that there were moments in his life where he didn't either. We know there were moments in his life where it, it was the worst. And he's telling us how to get through it, how to remember. And, and all of this, because of the cross, because of our identity, because of what Father did to release the kingdom over our life. Uh, verse 8, um, uh, join me, everyone. Trust only in God every moment. Uh, tell him all your troubles and pour out your heart longings to him. Believe me when I tell you that he will help you. Verse 9 says, before God, all the people of the earth, high and low, are like smoke that disappears like a vapor that quickly vanishes away. And compared to God, they're nothing but vanity and nothing at all. Verse 10, the wealth of the world is nothing to God. So if your wealth increases, don't be boastful or put your trust in your money. And don't you think for a moment that you can get away with stealing or overcharging others just to get more for yourself. He's laying down that character stuff for you and I as sons and daughters. Amen? Like, man, look, this... This is the kind of thing that pushes you away from that exalted place. This is the kind of thing that the enemy uses to pull you away. And he gives us a great example. Um, Verse 11, uh, God said to me once and for all, all the strength and power you need flows from me. And again, I heard it clearly said, that all the love you need is found in me. And it's true that you repay people for what they do. Um, the new covenant terminology would be that you reap what you sow. God's uh, repaying process uh, is actually reaping and sowing. Amen? But look at these last two verses here, and then I want to switch over to the book of John for a second. But um, he makes it real clear that God said to me once and for all. Did any of y'all's parents ever use that terminology? I'm going to tell you one time. Ours did. Our dad, man, we, we didn't get counts. We didn't get second looks. We either did it or we got smacked, whipped, sorry, proper terminology, Uh, yeah, whipped with a belt. I got it more than Kevin, that's why I'm better than him. I act a lot better than Kevin because I got whipped more. Um, Anyway, sorry, Bubba. (laughs) Um, He's making just an absolute declaration here that that God said it once and for all. And look what he says. That all strength and power that you need flows from me. From him. What's beautiful is that now you and I automatically step into that fountain of life. We recognize rather that we have that once we come to that revelation of who Christ is. Like we step into that. But now the beautiful part is his love and power, all love and power that's needed in this world is supposed to flow from you. 
You are his, it's, oh man, that's, that, that's Christianese right there, sorry. I was going to say, you are his hands and his feet, right? How many songs have been written about like, like that? <laughs> Be his hands and his feet. It's the truth, amen? That's, we're, we're the ones that are the sons and daughter, and we're meant to tell everybody about our dad and how good he is, how awesome he is. That's, that's really what it comes down to. And he declares it again, that all strength and power um, that you need flows from me. And again, I heard it clearly said, all the love you need is found in me. And it is true that you repay people for what they do. That's pretty powerful. Amen? Um, turn with me to the book of John. John chapter 14. So in John, I, 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 I love John. There's so much. Um, there's just so much, right? Um, so many so many uh, of our core beliefs, uh, John really lays them out for us. And um, right here in chapter 14 is, is just, a, just a beautiful, beautiful part of, of how we learn the fullness of Christ and we learn all that he is, all that he's done. But that correlates to who you are and all you're meant to do. Does that make sense? So, um, I'm going to start at verse 1 in John 14. He says, Don't worry or surrender to your fear, for you've believed in God. Now trust and believe in me also. My Father's house has many dwelling places, and if it were otherwise, I would tell you plainly, because I go to prepare a place for you to rest. And when everything is ready, I will come back and take you to myself so that you will be where I am. Verse 4 says, And you already know the way to the place where I'm going. In verse 5 is where Thomas says, Master, we don't know where you're going, so how could we know uh, the way there? And Jesus explains, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And no one comes next to the Father except through union with me. To know me is to know my Father too. And from now on, you will realize that you have seen him and experienced him. Um, it's just so powerful, amen? There's, just a, there's so much goodness in those seven verses. Um, but we want to focus on verse 6. Um, all of what we read in Psalm 62, and you can go back and read it some more, the point in Psalm 62 that I really just really just wanted to focus on more than anything, what was kind of hitting me so much this week was his wraparound presence is consistently there to be my safety, my security, my rescuer, my champion, my defender. Even when there's multiple troubles that I, I can't see a way around, he's there. When life is on top of me and grounding and pounding me, he is there. Amen? And it's, it's, it's simply every bit of love and power that I need in my life comes from him. I think the, the point is, is that I don't always see the way for that. Does that make sense? I, I'm in the middle of it sometimes and I don't, like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to think sometimes. I, I get in these moments where I'm, you know, it's, and I'm not a big anxiety guy. I, I'm, I'm not mocking anybody that does. That's a real issue. I get it. But I don't, I, don't, I don't have that in my life. But I do get just the pressure building from all these multiple things uh, in all aspects of our life. And it gets, man, what are we going to do? Kevin and Jonathan at, at our work. And I uh, and Raquel, we, we've been talking these last few weeks because there's so much and then so much more and then another thing builds and another, another, and it's like, what do we got to do? And in those moments, sometimes I don't know my way. And what I mean by that is I don't know the way to go or the way to move. And it's in that moment that I, 
I know that I need to get my answer right here. Because he says in verse 6 that he is the way. He is the truth and he is the life. Now, have you ever been around those people when you're telling them your problem or your issue or, oh, man, this and that, and they say, oh, sweet Jesus, we just need to pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. You know what I'm talking about? Like, um, duh. That's what I said. I'm like, I know we need to pray. You know, I, I know that um, all that. We, I'm, I'm needing a solution. And I have it somewhere in here because he's my father and I'm his son. I have full access to heaven. I just don't see it, so I need some help with the way. What's the way? Sound like the Mandalorian, right? This is the way. <laughs> Any Mandalorian fans? Come on. This is the way. I would totally take my helmet off. Sorry. <laughs> All right. So the point is, is what is the way when you're overwhelmed? When the pressure comes, when the troubled times are, like what David was describing in Psalm 62, what is the way? Well, you're going to have to walk through it to find it. I, I don't know how it happened when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego got thrown in the furnace, other than they got to do it, they got to go through it, and he's going to provide the way. And I believe the majority of our unknowing is fulfilled in the stepping the, the unknowing that we have in the moment and in the, in the steps that we need to take, I believe we get the answers when we actually take the step. Because you can't fail with God. See, our old church cult culture used to tell us that, uh, man, you better not get it wrong. Anybody else been in that culture where you were scared to... Say something wrong. I used to be scared to death to, like, 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 like if I didn't get the song list right, like if I left off Light the Fire and, and Jesus really wanted that song played that day, that he was going to be like, uh, Chris, that's it. No blessing for you today. I used to think that way. I used to think that every little thing I did, if I, if I messed up, that he was ready to smack me around. And that's not true. I'll never forget, and I, I've probably mentioned this a few times. It was a couple of years ago now. We were having one of our encounter services back there on a Wednesday night. And it was, um, it was after the service, and there was this young girl, 23, 4 years old, came up afterwards talking to Raquel and I about, just life, and she was so, so scared about making a wrong decision. She's trying to figure out this issue in life. What, what do I do with this? Or that? I don't know whether I should do this or not. And, and Raquel says, it's so beautiful the way she said it, and I'm probably going to mess it up. But she said, I think, she, her words were, I don't know if I should jump or not. And Raquel tells her, I think you should jump and take your friend with you. And she kind of, my friend, she goes, your friend Jesus, just jump and take him with you. He's waiting for you to move so he can go with you. He wants to do what you want to do more than you want to do it. <laughs> so just jump and by faith watch. Do, if we kind of don't go the way God wants us to go, does he fall off his throne and heaven splits and Satan takes over? I mean, that doesn't happen, right? Nothing is going to remove him from the throne. Nothing. And so we've got to have that mentality. I'm sorry, I rabbit trailed. Sorry. So Jesus explains in verse 6, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, and no one comes to the Father except through union with me. That... Um, so without uh, for sake of time, I won't um, go through all these definitions, but um, the, the way uh, refers to the direction and the, um, uh, the, the, the best course, right? Uh, truth, I've said this before, I love this word truth because what it means is 
that which agrees with final reality. Jesus is that which agrees with final reality in your life. Is he your safe place? Two of you. So, so for three of us, if we're in a spot where it's not safe, the truth is, the reality is that Jesus is going to show up because I'm not safe and he's my, he's my safety. Is that true? Does that make sense? If we're in a place where, uh, so Jesus is our peace, yes? So if I don't have peace, then I know peace is coming because Jesus is my peace. And the final reality of my situation is determined by him. Not what he does, but who he is. Does that make sense? Jesus is not up here, hmm, I'm going to give Kathy peace today, but not Angela. Hmm. He, no. I don't believe that he even makes that choice or decision. He just is peace. I believe that as I am more, not more, that's, that's I shouldn't say that. As I'm aware of him, then that peace is in my life. He's already all over me. It's like right here today. Look, let me, let me just be, maybe I'm completely off here today, but it feels a little off in here today. It feels very, the, the atmosphere in here feels off. Um, you know, we had a weird start. Sometimes people get affected by how the worship goes. You know, we, uh, my battery pack was not on. That was, uh, that was Raquel's fault for some reason. You know, but it was some powerful worship. I know for me, sometimes these gloomy days affect people. I mean, they do. They, they tell you all these things about uh, speaking and audiences and atmosphere, like no dead air and, and all this. They, they teach you all this kind of stuff and in, in speaking and everything. But at the end of the day, those things don't matter to you and I as much as Jesus and so, um, it's felt weird in here, all service. And I see a lot of y'all shaking your heads, so I, I know I'm right. And so, uh, and I don't mean that arrogantly. I, I really don't. If that sounded weird, I'm sorry. I don't mean to be uh, abrasive. Uh, because the real, reality is, is that what you feel in here, what I feel in here right now is not what a a, a gathering for you and I is supposed to be like. It's not supposed to feel this way. We, we walk in peace. We have joy. We, we walk in the goodness of God. Amen? We stand in a position where we are not able to fail with our Father. Is that true? So then what's, what's wrong in here today? Maybe somebody's really worried about something, and that's overflowing. But here's the thing, is I look around this room, and I can see four people automatically that you are, part of your identity is you are an atmosphere changer. You bring the change of atmosphere with you when you open your mouth, when you stand in a place. And so... I know that we're, a lot of us are learning and growing in this new step. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm just going to go off on this because I, I know that it's, I know that we're here. So here's the thing. We were talking about this the other day um, with worship that, um, you know, we're, we're only a few years in about learning all about how God speaks to all your senses and all this stuff and learning how he really speaks. And, and we're still learning. And what happens is, is as we're learning, we get in these moments where we're able to sense and we have a choice to make of how we're going to respond or react. If someone comes in with something that they're carrying on their shoulder, that should not push or affect us in any way other than our compassion for them. And so this is supposed to be a place where the authority and the power of God rules and reigns, not where something else comes in and pushes aside. And so, learning moment for all of us in this place, if you're in here and you feel that it feels off, it feels weird, it feels, you know, it feels kind of, actually it feels kind of humid in here and I know if I lower the air conditioner, everybody will freak out again, right? I've been hearing that. But it, this is the moment where you and I are supposed to say, wait a minute, this is not right. 
I mean, come on, if you saw your kid had a dirty diaper, that's not right. If, if uh, oh man, I don't know why I went there. I'm talking about... I'm talking about when you see something that's not right, you handle it, yes? Is that true? Then why not what we sense? See, you and I right now, if you walked in here and even now you're feeling that weirdness, you and I should be stepping out and saying, nah, this isn't going to happen in here. This is dad's house. My goodness, we just sing about there's no more shame in a father's house, but not weirdness either or ugliness. We should attack the thing that is causing or sensing that, and we should push that out of here. So if Raquel or I don't actually catch that in the beginning, or may, I know for me, I was trying to figure out, that's it. We weren't trying to ignore Roger. We were talking about, man, feeling this. We were just trying to bounce off each other. What's the right step? What do we need to do? You and I... Or you, if, if we don't do something, or see, you right there in your seat, you should be saying, hey, man, I push this thing out of here. I invite the light of God in this place. I, whatever. Does that make sense? Whoops, there's a podium behind me. So, I don't even care about the rest of my notes right now because we're not supposed to be in this right here. So, uh, we're going to change this. Let me say this, if you came in here and there is some kind of worry or apprehensiveness about a situation in your life, um, we absolutely declare to you what his word says, that there's no need to worry, not even when troubles are all around. That's the first thing. So if that's you, we would love to pray with you. We would love to... to um, um, to join arms with you in that. If there's any anxiousness or worry, worriedness, that, that's the first thing. Um, the second is uh, you, you don't, look, it's, it's church. It's not, you don't have to do anything you don't want to do. But um, my responsibility and Raquel's responsibility as pastors here is to, have an, to, to facilitate and orchestrate um, direct whatever we need. we're just driving the car this morning and and to have you have an encounter with the father and something's hindering that so um, I'm gonna I'm gonna pray right now and I'm gonna pray against that uh, and I'm gonna ask you to join me if you would and then um, if you um, if you sense something specific. I want to ask you to share that with us. Uh, I'll tell you what we're going to do, though. Um, yeah, can you come up here with me? And uh, if you would, uh, stand if you want, or you don't have to. Like I said, I just, uh, we're, we're going we're gonna to change this. This is not supposed to be this way. And um, I'll tell you what, uh, yeah, if you, huh. You know, we do believe in speaking in tongues, and I can definitely, we can go to lunch and learn all about that if, if you don't. But uh, if, you, uh, if, if you have that, uh, man, begin to flow in that right now. But uh, uh, right now, um, can you repeat this with me? Just say, man, God, you are so good. We declare your goodness in this place. Yeah. You're good, Father. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we just come together. And right here in this place, this is your house. We're your sons and your daughters. And there is absolutely no room or uh, no allowance of anything in this place other than the Holy Spirit. And so if there is any worry, if there is any doubt, if there is any fear of anything in this place, right now in the name of Jesus, we command that lying spirit to go we command it to go right now if there is uh I, I this whole thing about worrying seems to be on the back of my mind and so uh lord i pray right now that there would be an overwhelming sense of security in you that there would be an overwhelming sense that you are the safe place that there is no fear no doubt no anything that you put in our lives and so I rebuke 
whatever the enemy would try to push and influence on us in this house today. These are your sons and your daughters, and we will not stand uh, for them to be pushed around. We will not stand for it. So if there is anything that is an influence other than the Holy Spirit right now, I command that to go in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we pull full authority and power straight from Him. That's our identity. That's who we are. And we push that out in the name of Jesus. If there is uh, any worry or doubt, we speak directly to that. Uh, there is a spirit of doubt. There is a spirit of worry. There is a spirit of anxiousness. And we speak to that spirit right now. We have authority. The perfect love of Christ is in this place. And so that cast you out all on its own. The perfect love of Christ cast you out in the name of Jesus. We are the sons and the daughters of the Most High. In Jesus' name.